What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Tom Shifflett Podcast. I am your host, Tom Shifflett, and today we have episode six of the Bubble Wrap. We had six games to get through on Tuesday afternoon. It started off with the Brooklyn Nets defeating the Milwaukee Bucks 119 to 116. Um, everybody was freaking out about this one that the Nets actually beat the Milwaukee Bucks. It's basically a preseason game for the Bucks. Uh, Mike Bootenholzer, he pulled a Greg Popovich. He pulled Giannis Antetokounmpo at halftime. He only played 16 minutes. Chris Middleton only played 18 minutes. So the Brooklyn Nets, they defeated the Milwaukee Bucks' bench. It was um, a pretty entertaining game. It was pretty funny to watch Brooklyn um, do whatever they wanted to do out there. But they get the win, 119 to 116. There's not much really to talk about. Giannis, he had 16 points, 16 minutes. He could have went for 50. Milwaukee could have blown them out, but it is what it is. Bootenholzer, he he saw that they didn't really have everything, so they were like, he at halftime, he just threw in the white flag. He's like, yeah, whatever. And then Milwaukee still almost won with all their reserves, so I think that just speaks to how deep Milwaukee is and how just putrid Brooklyn is. It was nice to see Jamal Crawford come back. He only played for a little bit, and then he ended up hurting his leg, so I don't know how serious that injury is. No reports have come out about that, so... I hope it's not too serious and we can keep watching Jamal Crawford play. Game number two, this was a, a really fun game. The Dallas Mavericks, they win 114-110 to 110 in overtime over the Sacramento Kings. Luka Doncic, he has 34 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists. Luka became the youngest player to ever have a 30-20-10 game in NBA history. Um, he, was, he was really great down the stretch for Dallas. Dallas was down a good portion of this game. They just didn't have it. Well, they never have it defensively, but offensively, they had a, a little bit of trouble with turnovers. Luka had six of them himself. Sacramento was getting up and down the floor. They were getting whatever they wanted. They started to dry up towards the end of the fourth quarter, allowed Dallas to tie the game, and then De'Aaron Fox had a really good look off the dribble. Um, step back jumper at the buzzer. It just rimmed out. So once it went to overtime, it was all Dallas. Um, Luka looked really good. I mean, he had a 34, another triple double. Chris Staff Porzingis looked really good. Um, but still, Dallas, they, their, their defense. I don't know how many days I'm going to keep talking about this. I guess until they get out of the playoffs. But their defense is just terrible. It's hard to watch sometimes. I mean, they don't force really any turnovers. The only time they get a stop is someone misses a wide open shot. Honestly, so it's it's pretty rough at times and. Just luckily for Dallas, their offense is just so incredible that they get they escape from these you know near losses to teams that they shouldn't even be even competitive with. Again, everyone loves Luka Doncic, but we got to start talking about him like the people do James Harden. A lot of people don't like the way that James Harden just dominates the ball and he just dribbles, dribbles, dribbles the air out of the ball, and then he really doesn't play any defense. Well. Luka does the same thing. So, I mean, you can't just like Luka Doncic and hate James Harden. They, they play almost the same exact way, except one guy is a lot better at it than the other one. I'll let you decide which one that is. 
Game three was another fun one. This was this was my favorite game of the day. The Phoenix Suns, they beat the LA Clippers 117 to 115. Devin Booker led all scores with 35 points, capped off by the buzzy. He led all scores with 35 points, and that was all capped off by the buzzer beater he hit. Um, it was so great. Right over Paul George, who played incredible defense. He also fouled him, too, so it should have been an and one. Kawhi was right there on top of him, too, and Devin Booker just nailed the elbow. Nailed the elbow uh, fadeaway jump shot. Devin Booker was incredible. He's another one of these players like TJ Warren and Gary Trent Jr., um, who are just the, the hoop looks like you're just throwing a ping pong ball into the ocean. These guys are so locked in, and it's so fun to watch. Um, LA, they just didn't have it yesterday. They missed a lot of wide open shots. Paul George struggled a little bit. Kawhi struggled at times. They started to get together in the fourth corner to cut it into that lead. They were down like 15 points going to the fourth. They made a little bit of a run. LA was just trying to work in Lou Williams, who played his first game since coming out of quarantine. So they're still trying to adjust some things and they're probably just going to experiment a lot more with their lineups going forward because they don't have really anything to play for. They got the number two seed just about locked up, and the one seed, the Lakers already locked it up the other day. So a lot more experimenting is going to go on for the Clippers. But those Phoenix Suns, man, I keep talking about them. I keep I keep singing their praises. They're 3-0 in the bubble so far. They're one of the funnest teams to watch in the bubble. They're must-watch television, and Devin Booker is a big reason why. There's, there's not 20 dudes in the league who could have done anything that Devin Booker did yesterday. I mean, to go up and just go go get that win like he did over Paul George, over a double team of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to make that shot, man, there's not a lot of dudes who can do that. And Devin Booker is a special, special player. And I really hope that people start paying attention to him and watching him and showing him some respect. I know the Suns have been putrid since he's been there since he was a teenager. And the whole organization has been a complete disaster, so it hasn't translated to a lot of wins, which people just assume that means that Devin Booker is a loser. But you see that the team, they're pretty good. They're not the greatest, but they're actually a functioning basketball team. And imagine that. Devin Booker looks really good, and the team is winning basketball games. So I think next year, going into next year, there's going to be a lot more expectations on the Phoenix Suns, so let's see what they do with that. But I'm very excited. They're one of those teams that... I am so excited to watch for all of next year. And then game number four, the aforementioned TJ Warren, he continues his hot streak for the Indiana Pacers. They get the win 120-109 to over the Orlando Magic. TJ Warren, he scored 32 points. He was 13-17 to from the floor. He missed one three-pointer. He has 119 points through three games. He is absolutely unconscious. Whatever he throws up, it's going in there. And you're seeing some dudes, like I was just talking about with Devin Booker and Gary Trent Jr. for the Portland Trailblazers and Warren himself, um, they're just locked in. And I was listening to Pat McAfee's podcast. He was talking to Terrence Ross, a guard for the Orlando Magic. He was talking about the advantages of playing in this kind of small arena with no fans. So there's no fans to mess with your depth perception out there. And the, the backdrop that they have is an absolutely perfect shooting background for, like, really good shooters. He said shooters down there are an absolutely in heaven, and there's going to be a lot more players pretty soon who are going to get locked in like these three or four guys are right now, and there's going to be some crazy scores going on because, 
man, there's still some dudes who are trying to find their legs. They're trying to find their rhythm. And once they do, they're going to start taking advantage of this shooter's uh, gym too. Indiana, another team like Phoenix, they're 3-0 in the bubble, and they look really good. Um, they're going to get even better once Malcolm Brogdon comes back from his injury. So Indiana, they can legitimately make a nice little run here. And I think they play Miami two more times to end this, so they could easily jump up to the four spot. So we'll see how that works out. <coughs> Speaking of those Miami Heat, the Miami Heat, they beat the Boston Celtics 112-106. to Bam Adebayo had 21 points and 12 rebounds. He took over 20 free throws, though. It it was a very it was a muddled game towards the second half. Boston just looked plain flat. They looked like the team who was playing a back to back. Unlike Miami, who actually was playing a back to back, they looked really good. Um, they didn't have Jimmy Butler in the lineup. He was a late scratch, uh, ankle soreness, whatever. But they looked they looked as good as I've seen them play all year. The ball movement was great. Duncan Robinson was hitting almost everything that's a guy who's really going to take advantage of this shooters uh gym that they have here because he is just unconscious from three tyler hero he was hitting shots kelly olenic as much as i can't stand that guy he was huge yesterday for them boston showed a little bit of their flaws they're kind of there's they're small down low and they had a really tough time getting rebounds and finishing their defensive possessions and that's what kept them down 13 points at half they made a nice run in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum started to get going. So did Jalen Brown. But it was a little bit too late. Um, there was just not enough time for them to make their comeback. I don't want to jump to conclusions saying that Miami is a better team without Jimmy Butler. They just looked a lot better on offense because they didn't have a guy just stopping the ball for multiple possessions trying to put their head down and get to the free throw line. Jimmy Butler averages 11 free throw attempts per game. My God. That's like Harden-esque. That's insane. I don't understand how he gets to the line that much, and he's still just so inefficient. It's it's such a weird year for Jimmy Butler, but the Heat get the win without Jimmy Butler. We'll see if he... I don't know if they'll rush him back or not. They'll probably sit him out for another game or two. The final game of the doubleheader on TNT was the Portland Trailblazers, my Portland Trailblazers, beating the Houston Rockets 110-102. to Damian Lillard had 21 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Gary Trent Jr. off the bench. He was knocking down threes. He was locking down James Harden. He was locking up Russell Westbrook. I have become such a giant fan of his. Um, I didn't really care for him too much. He's one of those Duke Blue Devils where you watch in college and yeah, I, I don't like him. He's not going to translate to the league. Most Duke players don't. But he has been phenomenal. Before the, the season shut down, he was really starting to find his rhythm. He was starting to get some real minutes in the rotation. Now, like... It's hard for Terry Stotts to keep him off the floor, and they need to start using more of that three-guard lineup where they have him, Dame, and McCollum because that lineup really killed Houston last night, and they had Whiteside in the game. They had two bigs and three guards, and they were just absolutely killing Houston. Houston, they uh, they hanged tough. I mean, they, they they really fought. I mean, Russ was terrible. He, he really bailed Portland out because he was just settling for those pull-up jumpers for no reason. He was doing the exact opposite of the way he played against Milwaukee the other night where he was attacking every closeout. He was getting the cup anytime he wanted to. Just last night, there was no reason for him to take as many pull-up jumpers. And you could just tell from the start, the first quarter, he started just settling for pull-up jumpers. And you're like, that's going to be the end of it. He's not going to put his head down and be aggressive whatsoever. I don't know why he does that. But I don't know. James, he's still trying to find his shooting touch. He was a little off on a couple step backs last night. Shots that he usually hits, so... He'll, he'll get hot, too. But Houston, they're, 
I don't know. They they they're gonna get out rebounded by almost thirty five every single game. They have to hope that those three pointers go in in a high clip, or it's just the small ball isn't going to be sustainable. But I don't know. I think they. I mean, James Harden can get hot. He hasn't played particularly well at all. Um, he's gotten into a lot of foul trouble because I think he's playing a little bit too much defense than he usually does. But um, he got five fouls really early in the third quarter last night. It kind of just took him out of the game. And Portland, Carmelo Anthony again, saving them in the fourth quarter. All three games in the bubble, Carmelo Anthony has made big-time clutch shots within the last two minutes of the fourth quarter to just bail them out of horrible possessions. Um, he is he is saving Portland's season. He's going to get them the eight seed. And, again, I'm going to keep Harpy on this. There's a lot of people who, you know, it's uh, it's it was just frustrating to know that Carmelo Anthony could help teams out, and he was just sitting at home because some geek with a calculator said oh, he can't play basketball anymore, and that was it. It was just we got to stop. We got to put the calculators away, and we just got to watch the basketball game. Just use your eyes. Your eyes never lie. Carmelo Anthony is still a good basketball player. He could still help people out, and he's doing it right now. He is he is helping Portland out immensely. He's not just a dude who's like he name recognition and he's getting minutes and that's it. And he's not producing. He's really a key player in these guys winning basketball games. So I'm really happy. I'm really happy that he's he's playing a major role. And you know he got a lot of shit for the way that Oklahoma City kind of fizzled out. I mean, I don't know how you blame him for that. Paul George couldn't move his arms, and Russ didn't really do a whole lot to make Carmelo's life easier as the third wheel. He was still averaging 17 points a game. And then in Houston, it just he already has beef with Mike D'Antoni. They already don't like each other from their days with the Knicks. And, you know, James Harden did his classic come in at the beginning of the season, 15, 20 pounds overweight, out of shape. Houston kind of struggles out of the gate. And they needed a scapegoat. It was Carmelo, and they they told him to hit the bricks, and then nobody touched him. But now he's back. I'm glad he's back. He looks really good. He looks locked in. So he's another guy with this shooter environment. He can get really hot, and he's going to help Portland out so, so much. And Damian Lillard hasn't even started getting going yet. C.J. McCollum looks really good, but Damian Lillard still, he hasn't had one of those damn games where he is just lights out. So that's going to come, and... Just go ahead and pencil Portland in now as the eight seed. They're gonna play the Lakers. Probably give them like one. Probably get one game off of them, but it'll still be very entertaining. That was your recap on Tuesday's slate. You had Brooklyn winning one nineteen to one sixteen over the Milwaukee Bucks. You had Dallas winning one fourteen to one ten over the Sacramento Kings in overtime. You had the Phoenix Suns beating the LA Clippers one seventeen to one fifteen. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, they continue their winning ways, 120-109 to over the Orlando Magic. The Miami Heat get a big win over the Boston Celtics, 112-106. to And Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers beat the Houston Rockets, 110-102. to And then we got six more games on Wednesday. So it starts off with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Utah Jazz. Both of those teams, they need a win bad. Memphis, they've lost all three games. Utah should have be they should have lost all three games. They they got a gift from uh, New Orleans in the first one. They sh- they should be zero and three as well. And they've looked absolutely pathetic in the two games. Or well, they've looked pathetic in two and a half games so far. So that's a big one. Let's see. Then the second game is going to be 
the Philadelphia 76ers against the Washington Wizards. This one should be an absolute bloodbath. The 76ers should absolutely dismantle the Washington Wizards, which they probably will until the fourth quarter comes and they blow a giant lead and becomes tight down the stretch. I'm going to rip my hair out. I can already just see it happening. I'm already getting frustrated, so I'm... (sighs) Okay. All right. The third game, Denver Nuggets, San Antonio Spurs. That's a big one for the Spurs, man. They got to keep pace with Portland so they can get into that play-in game. Fourth game, Oklahoma City Thunder against the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's see how much LeBron plays tonight. Um, let's see if they kind of like let him just be LeBron. And I don't know. I hope he is. I hope he takes a bunch of shots tonight and he tries to really assert himself because he is just he is coasting through these seeding games, which is good. But it's also he's a guy who really needs to have that feel and that momentum and that rhythm, and he just doesn't have it on the offensive end. He's facilitating well, and he's really seeing he's seeing the floor well, but he is not shooting the ball well. He is not getting to the cup. He's just he's off, man. So hopefully tonight he does that. But Oklahoma City Thunder, they're not a good team to try and get yourself right on offense. They are very good defensively, so that'll be really fun to watch. 8 o'clock, Kyle Lowry and the Toronto Raptors are going to flop their way against the Orlando Magic. And then the nightcap on at 9 o'clock is the Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics. Boston will probably come out and try and hammer Brooklyn for the just piss-poor effort that they had against Miami last night. I will recap all of that stuff for you tomorrow when I get off of work. So thank you for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and review after every single episode. Seriously, every single episode. Once you get done listening to this, hit five stars, leave a little something, and that's it. Do that every time you listen. That's all I ask. Please. I have over 400 listens, and I only have 12 ratings and five reviews. So that needs to really climb up so I can climb up the charts, and this can start really moving because it's stagnant right now. It's kind of frustrating, but it is what it is. We're just at the ground level of this, so I can't get too frustrated where it's at. But just help me out here, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. I'll uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And... Uh... What can I say?